What is going on, everybody out there? Podcast listeners, through hikers, day hikers, section hikers, hiker hikers. Anyways, welcome to episode number five of Trail Tales. Super stoked to bring you this conversation I had today with my new friend, Scott Hughes. Scott is the show's very first southbound Appalachian Trail through hiker. And we talk all about that, the differences between a northbound and a southbound through hike. We talk about how, unlike our previous guest, Scott did the no-stove, cold-soak thing for his food, and it actually worked out pretty well for him. And we even get into yet another sketchy bear encounter story that Scott had while he was hiking through Shenandoah National Park. We're going to get into the episode in just a second here, but first, I need to plug my social media and email account. So, let's say you're listening to the show, you think I say something stupid, maybe I said something wrong something factual i don't fucking know maybe i said something or a guest said something it's not all about me after all that resonated with you something noteworthy and you want to let me know you can do that you can send me an email trailtalespod at gmail.com you can also contact me on twitter and instagram at trailtalespod and i just made a facebook account as well i haven't fucking posted anything on it yet but i'm gonna get around to it so facebook is now a thing for the show as well so yeah i don't know fucking tell me what's good if you like something i'm doing if you don't like something i'm doing if you've got any suggestions for how i can make the show better any suggestions for trails or certain guests you'd like me to talk to i'd love to hear from you also i want to say that if you like the show if you enjoy what you're hearing and you want to do me a solid, the way you can do that is leave me a five-star review on iTunes or whatever your podcast streaming platform is. It would really help me. It'll rank the show higher the more five-star reviews I get, which will help expose more people to the show and make me rich and famous. I also should say that it is worthwhile to subscribe to the show on iTunes or, again, whatever your podcast streaming platform is. So that way, every new episode I post, I'm trying to post one once a week, usually on Tuesday. Not usually, always on Tuesday. Got to be consistent. Um, Yeah, so if you want to subscribe, you'll get all the new episodes as soon as they come out. It'll be fucking chill because, you know, I'm just so fucking chill and so are my guests. I would even say they're even more chill than I am. Just saying a lot because I'm pretty fucking chill. Anyways, that's enough BS. Let's get into it. Episode number five of Trail Tales with Scott Hughes, Southbound, Appalachian Trail Class of 2018. And we are recording. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number five of Trail Tales. I'm your host, Kyle O'Grady, and today I am joined by my new friend, Scott Hughes. That's how you pronounce your name, right? I probably shouldn't fuck that up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right from the beginning. Didn't want to fuck that up too bad. All right, cool. Scott Hughes. I guess it's an easy name to pronounce, so I don't know why I was... I meant to ask you before we started recording, but fuck it. So Scott is our very first southbound Appalachian Trail thru-hiker on the show. So I guess to start off, dude, I just got to ask, why did you decide to hike the trail the wrong way? Oh, man, dude. So or die, man. Uh... At least you own it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Just like... uh... For me, it was like a timing thing. Uh, it was a bit easier to like leave in June. Um, 
financially just like saving up the money for it. A little bit of extra time, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's about it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, really, just easier to leave in June. I also wanted to avoid the crowds too. Like, like nothing against no bows or anything, but like it just seemed a bit too crowded for me, and I just kind of like wanted to be alone at some points. Makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about your southbound hike in a second, but first I kind of want to take a step back. I want to ask you, how did you learn about the trail in the first place? You know, what was your prior hiking experience? And after you learned about the trail, what was it that put you over the edge and made you decide you wanted to do this fucking insane, crazy long hike, walk, whatever you want to call it. What made you want to go on this adventure? Yeah. Oh dude. Uh, so I just remember my dad like talking about the AT as a like when I was a kid, and I just pictured it literally like a bike path because that's the only trails I'd ever hiked then, with just a bunch of families just hiking to Georgia. And so I told my dad I'd like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do the AT with you. And then like as I got older, I like read the Bill Bryson the Walk in the Woods book and pretty amped on it. I don't know, I was always a big big backpacker. Um, I'm from Michigan, so I've done a lot of the Michigan backpacking and then after I graduated high school I uh did a road trip out west and backpacked all out west and the national parks there and just kind of been a passion of mine for a long time and kind of the natural progression was to I guess through hike. Cool, cool. Um what were some of the trails? I'm I'm really not familiar with Michigan at all as far as the uh the hiking and backpacking goes there. Uh what were some of the hikes you had done there before? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, I mean it's nothing crazy like no mountains, but we have like pictured rocks and actually uh, National Lake Shore, which is pretty dope. Uh, along Lake Superior, there's some dope rocks. <laughs> um, and then, like, there's the Porkies in the UP as well, the Upper Peninsula, um, which is the closest thing Michigan has to mountains. And then just a few other stuff. Like, we've got some cool, like, beach camping um, on the dunes. Like, Michigan's got some dope dunes. And dope I don't know, just dunes. like, yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, just like getting out and we've got a lot of woods and so it's nothing like crazy, but just getting out and hanging out with the boys doing some fishing and whatnot. It was, it was really weird. I know for the first half of my through hike, I'm pretty sure the state that I met the most people from was actually Michigan, which is really fucking weird. Cause I'd honestly, I'd never met anybody from Michigan before, like, which sounds kind of stupid, but I'm from Vermont. So there's not many, I guess it's not that far away compared to like the West coast or whatever, but yeah. I don't know. I, I just thought that was kind of funny. And I met another one now too. Yeah, dude, Michiganders, man. We like to be outside. Where in uh, Michigan are you from? I'm from a small town called Okemos. It's uh, the Lansing area, like center of the state right next to Michigan state. Oh, cool. Yeah, like I said, I've never been to Michigan, but I've heard good things. Um, I think I think you said you listened to episode number one with Indy, and he's from yeah. the uh, Detroit area. So I did hear quite a bit about Michigan. I learned what the UP was over the course of my hike because, like I said, yep. I met a lot of people from Michigan. So. <laughs> so when we were talking on Friday, you said something that I thought was pretty interesting in that before your successful through hike this past summer, 2018 – you had set out to hike the AT another time, and you made it a pretty significant amount of the way, but you weren't able to complete the hike. Um, do you want to just talk about what happened there and kind of your shot at redemption that you got this past summer? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, 2016, I went Sobo. Um, 
and it was good. I just like had some stuff going on back home, like starting in Maine. So it was like at a certain point in your through hike, like you have to, you see the, like the light at the end of the tunnel and you just, just grind, grind, grind. And like, I felt like from the beginning, I was just at that point, just like trying to hit those miles. And like, I had some good times and like hiked with some boys and had a good time, but like, I just was just trying to finish. And it's like the stuff back home seemed to get worse and worse. And like, I wasn't sure, like the trail is always there, but I didn't know like what was the right decision. And so like, I got to the Shenandoahs and, um, which is around mile 1300 going South. And my dad was coming out to visit me and, um, I just made the decision to go home. It was just like really tough. Like I remember just like a few days prior, just like breaking down about it on trail and just like, it was just such a tough decision. Um, huge blow to the ego. I just like, there's no way, like from the start, I was like, there's no way I'm not finishing the trail. Like I'm doing the miles. I'm feeling great. Like I'm not going to not get to Georgia. Like I got to get there. And I just made the decision to get off and it was like a tough decision, but it ended up being the right decision. And so I think it's important, like just like knowing when to quit, like when you're not having a good time and like just owning it and being okay with it and realizing that just because you quit doesn't mean like your journey was a failure. And so that's something that I kind of, I learned. For sure. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Uh, What year did you say your first attempt was? 2016. So just like two years prior. Two years. And obviously it wasn't discouraging enough that you didn't want to give it another go. Um, When you were considering getting off the trail and when you made that decision to get off the trail, um, in the back of your mind, did you think you would come back? Were you not sure at the time? Like what was going through your head as far as potentially coming back to redeem yourself, I guess you could say? Oh, a hundred percent. Like I just like, I have a goal. I want a triple crown. Like I just love the long distance hiking. I love the community. It's just like, it really amps me up just to like do those big mile days and like also like be around like really awesome people. So like I knew I was coming back and I was pretty bummed. Like somebody close to me was like, are you sure you can through hike? I mean, like this last time didn't really work out for you. And so I was like, Oh, hundred percent now I'm definitely going to through hike the AT. Um, and it's like, I didn't know, honestly, I was trying to hike the PCT, uh, this year. Um, I told a bunch of people I was going to hike the PCT just cause I wasn't sure if I wanted to come back to the AT so soon. Right. Um, but financially I just like couldn't swing it, like picking a date in April or May. I just like, wasn't sure if I'd be ready. So I knew pretty much it'd be pretty easy to swing a Sobo hike. I could leave in June or July or even August if I was going to, uh, just do things a little bit quicker. So I just like talked to one of my friends that was currently on the CDT finishing his triple crown. Uh, and I was like, dude, what do you think I should do, man? Like, I'm pretty bummed. I want to do the PCT, but I'm not sure about the AT. And he just kind of was like, dude, just, just do it, man. Like you're going to enjoy it a lot more doing the AT first. And so, uh, I went for it. That, that just makes me kind of curious. Why did he think you would enjoy the AT more than the PCT? I'm not sure. And like, it's tough for me because I don't have any personal experience, but I've just heard like maybe the views are a bit more. And so people come to the AT, like expect, not that the AT is not beautiful or anything. I love the AT, um, but like maybe there's not as many views. Um, and it's like, obviously the PCT is a bit more graded. And so like people don't expect like the significant elevation gain and loss that you have to do on the AT. Like the, there's like, not that many switchbacks like you're going straight up especially in like southern maine and new hampshire oh yeah um so just like yeah and then like the green tunnel like mentally i don't know that's just maybe that's what i'm thinking so it's maybe tough to go from those views to the green tunnel i'm not sure damn yeah i don't know um i gotta ask so 
you had two through hike attempts over the course of three years. So like what was, I'm, I'm trying to phrase this so I don't like sound like an asshole, but like what, like in your life situation, I guess you could say was going on that allowed you to like afford the time to do, you know, two long hikes like that. I mean, like what was like, were you in school? Like, were you working? Like what was, what was going on there? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, for sure. So like, I don't know, I've always been one to just like follow my heart. I'm just like going to do, do what I got to do. And so I was, uh, I took a year off, um, going to college and I was living in Colorado, like having a good time. And I decided, well, better go to school. So I went to Michigan state. Um, my mom had passed away my senior high school. And so like, I didn't really think too much about what school I wanted to go to. I just said, Oh, I guess I'll just go back home and be with the family and like help them out. And so it really wasn't the best fit for me going there. And so I was just like, and I couldn't do it anymore. So I was like, you know what, screw this. I'm going to just save up money. And so I was working full time while going to school and just like putting away the extra money and just decided I was going to, I actually ended up like quitting the last semester. So I went to only went to three semesters of school and just saved all the money I could and just decided to go for the AT. Um, I just like needed to, I just like needed to get away. I like needed to get out of all the drama of school and like my home life and stuff. So the AT seemed to be a good place to kind of run away. Hell yeah. I think that's so crazy because I don't, I don't know about you, but I would say probably the number one reason why people, at least from, from my experience, why people say they can't or won't do a long distance hike like that is because they just don't have the time or whatever. You know, you hear those excuses and the fact that you were just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. And two times, mind you, you know, setting aside that much time, two different, uh, yeah. two independent times. Like, I think that's fucking crazy. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's been a trip. It's been good. I'm like, I'm actually going to be going to school this spring. So finally settling down. I've been like living the seasonal life uh, for a bit. So just saving money each season, working different jobs. And so it's gonna be nice to just be in like one place for a minute. Yeah, for sure. I know someone's going to hear what I just said there and be like, oh, well, you guys are young. You don't have kids and a family and all that shit. So that is true. Yeah. Like, I understand that it is like hard for some people. Obviously, if you've fucking two young kids, you can't just like up and leave your your job and all that shit. So I understand that, but I still think it's, it's pretty cool that Scott was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. You know, this is what I want. I'm not going to settle for a lifestyle that I'm not happy with. And, you know, I'm just going to follow my heart as cliche as that sounds. But, um, that's, that's really cool, man. Yeah, dude. All right. So I know we briefly touched on this subject at the beginning there, but I want to go back to the whole southbound thing. So for me personally, I, for a little while, a brief minute there, I considered going uh, southbound on my through hike. Reason being is I had to wait to graduate from college before I left. And I was a little bit concerned that a mid-May start date wouldn't be enough time to do a straightforward Nobo through hike. Uh, in the end, I ended up going Nobo and I finished with a couple weeks to spare before uh, Katahdin closed. So it ended up working out. Yeah. But, um, can you just talk a little bit more about why you went southbound and then maybe, I don't know, would you, would you do it differently if you did it again? You know, what are some of the advantages or disadvantages of going Sobo? And I don't know, just kind of talk about your experience with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I think southbound again, just like nice to get away from the crowds. Like, and that's definitely coming from like a biased point of view. Cause 
I've heard, like, I'm sure, like, you leaving so late, like, we're able to get away from some of that, because um, most people leave in, like, what, April and March? Yeah, um, March and April, I would say. For the first, like, month of my hike, I really didn't meet that many other thru-hikers. You know, there was still a lot of traffic on the trail, you know, people doing sections or weekends or whatever, but it wasn't until I got up to maybe, like, Central Virginia that I started to catch up to people that had started before me, so I kind of got the solitude a little bit at the beginning, but for the most part, I was still kind of in the bubble you could say i don't know yeah like i don't know i also feel like southbinders like sometimes i just think it's kind of I, we don't get as much like trail magic maybe and like because of that like i thought it was just maybe more of a raw experience and For i sure and that's like not not to take away from any nobos i hate like the nobo sobo like hate or anything but i just like kind of thought it was cool to just feel like i was on my own and like in the wilderness and like I feel like as soon as, like, we pass, like, Harper's Ferry, and that's when it's, like, really gets quiet for us. Um, Honestly, a bit lonely. Like, I was, fortunately, I was with somebody, but I remember in 2016, like, the last month of my hike, I, like, didn't see anybody. Like, I saw, like, section hikers and stuff, but I was, like, getting pretty lonely and pretty depressed. And so, like, this time around, I was like, okay, I, like, kind of want to find some people to, like, chill with that are going the same pace. And I think it's, like, maybe tougher for Sobos to find, like, that that group that are going the same pace as them but yeah i don't i don't know and also i think it's like cool like i know like at the end of my hike i was kind of like wondering how it would be to finish at katahdin because like going southbound is a bit anticlimactic at going to springer Um, but then i was like well i wasn't really enjoying the end it was like grind 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 like do you feel like you enjoyed like southern maine and the whites as much as like maybe if you had done it at the beginning I don't know, to be honest, because like, uh, it's, it's tough because I mean, as I'm sure you can relate by the time you get to those, you know, last couple States, it's like, you're so close that part of you is like, all right, I'm ready to kind of wrap this shit up. And then part of you is kind of torn, you know, trying to still enjoy the time you have out there. So I don't know. I always thought that going Southbound, it would be almost tougher to enjoy, you know, the the whites and you know parts of maine there because you're hitting the hardest part of the trail before you've got your trail legs right true yeah i don't know i didn't go southbound so that's just kind of that's just kind of what i thought about yeah no that definitely that makes sense i remember like hitting maine and like just seeing the rock faces like are you kidding me this is the trail like i'm like literally (laughs) sliding on my butt going down this stuff like just so sketchy um i really have no good answer for like what's better like sobo or nobo other than just like fewer people and like i mean regardless of which way you go like you're gonna have a good time and i feel like everyone wants to be part of that of something bigger than themselves so it's like when you're nobo it's like go nobos like when you're sobo it's like team sobo sober or die but <laughs> we're all in the at like we're having a good time we're through hiking and like the same community and everything same trail just yeah different direction <laughs> different direction <laughs> i know um See, personally, I never really thought there was a right or wrong way to hike it, obviously, but I had a buddy that I hiked with, a guy named Classic, who would, like, as soon as we started running into the South Bounders, which was, I'd say we hit, like, the bubble of them, if you want to even call it a bubble, the majority of them from the time I was in maybe, oh, geez, I don't even know, like, New York through, you know, maybe early New Hampshire by that point, they'd pretty much all gone through and he would always like talk about it. He would be like, I don't understand how people can go southbound. Like, why wouldn't you want to finish on Katahdin? And he, the 
I guess the example or whatever he would always use is he would say, who eats their ice cream before they eat their potatoes? <laughs> and I was like, dude, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't fucking know. I mean, sure, Katahdin's a little more, you know, it's just fucking, it's crazier than Springer, that's for sure. It's definitely a more, like, wild finish. But, like, I mean, at, at the same time, it's like, you don't just do it for that finish, you know? Like, you do it for the experience. So I don't I don't really see that much of a... A difference between the two directions honestly yeah exactly and also it's like tough it's like because like as southbounders like we hear from the beginning like oh you just you just did the best part of the trail and it's like dude fuck man i've got like <laughs> two thousand miles to hike like more like i hope i enjoy the rest of it and so it's like trying to find like and honestly yeah like maine and uh the whites are the best part of the trail but like trying to find like the beauty in all the small things like i just each day like trying to pick out like a few like things that like I really appreciated about that day like I tried to like hike each day towards the end especially like when I was like in grind mode like if this today was my last day like would this be a good day and like all those like bad days I had where I was like fuck I don't know if I can do this I just like would try to live by that like pick a few cool things that happened that day and like say okay if I was end right here like this would have been a good day to end on that's awesome man and the other thing the other thing too is like it's really only the middle part of the trail, in my opinion, anyways, that's like not as much fun as either end of the trail. So yeah, you don't get to finish on Katahdin when you go southbound, but there's still a lot of cool sections going through the southern part of the trail. I know the Rowan Highlands was one of my favorite oh, parts yeah. of the trail, hands down. You got the Smokies, obviously, which kind of fucking sucked for me, but that was just because of the weather. Yeah. I'm sure if it was uh, nice out, it would have been really cool going through there. So it's not like you hit like the best part of the trail and then the rest is just like boring too, you know? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really that middle part, you know, from, like I said, at least in my opinion from, I don't know, maybe after Shenandoah up to, you know, Massachusetts, Vermont, that's kind of, I shouldn't call it boring. Like I did it. Like it was, it was cool, (laughs) but like, you know, it's just not quite as exciting as the Southern and Northern part of the trail, but I don't know. It all works out. It all works out. Yeah, I mean, I did that section twice too, and it was it was all right doing the second time. I didn't think I would enjoy it, but I still ended up enjoying it too. For sure. Um, I want to go actually back to your uh, redemption shot real quick. There's something I, I meant to ask yeah. that I totally skipped over. I'm on my game today for sure. Not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> what were some of the things that you did uh, differently the second time around? Like, what what did you learn from your first hike? What did you change up uh, when you gave it another shot? Oh, yeah, like, I don't know, I was, like, a bit, because I had done, like, a significant amount of backpacking before, like, I was, like, dude, I got this, like, I was, like, going on, like, the online, like, white blazes board, you know, looking at things, and I was just, like, seeing so much, like, this is the right way to hike, like, you have to hike like this, here's my gear, and I was just, like, kind of getting pissed off about it, so I was, like, well, I don't have a whole lot of money for gear, I'm just gonna take what I have, so I had, like, a Gregory Baltoro 75 fucking heavy pack, man, and, like, I brought, like, a jet boil, and, like, I shouldn't have brought it, but, like, I wasn't going to let somebody tell me I can't do it. And I ended up hiking, like, the whole 1,300 miles with that stuff, and it was fine, but, like, coming back, like, I saved up some money. I was making, I was living in Alaska, like, doing a guiding position. I was able to save up some money That's there. That's awesome. so, like, Yeah, it was real fun. A little zip, zip line guide, oh, Shaka yeah. Bro, if you've ever heard, <laughs> seen the South Park epi. Um, but, yeah, so I saved some money and, like, was able to buy, like, a nice pack like i have a ula circuit now and like a few other things and made my i'm definitely like not ultralight like i'm got a 15 pound base weight but 
pretty light. I would say lighter um, than average for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know some people get like 10 pounds or less, like that's the only way to do it. But I had a few splurge items and stuff. But yeah, main thing I guess was like the gear and um, also like coming out to the trail, I just like felt like I was at home. Like I was just like confident. Like the trail really gives you confidence, like not just hiking, but like I feel like in life in general. And so, like, I just felt like when I hit the trail again, I hit Katahdin day one, I was just, like, so amped and just, like, felt so at home. I felt like I was, like, back. Again, I just think that's... The fact that you went and re-hiked that 1,300 miles is <laughs> fucking crazy, because I guess I'm going to sound like a dumbass here doing math in my head, but 1,300 miles would be, you know, what is that? It's got to be at least halfway through the trail, right? It's probably... It's more than halfway through the trail, right? Yeah, so, like, I was in the, Shen- like, halfway through the Shenandoahs, so, yeah, yeah, dude, redoing it again, I was like, holy shit, dude, that was a, that's a long way. That's fucking crazy, because I know that when I was going along, sometimes me and my friends would talk about, you know, if we had to get off the trail here, would we start all the way over again, or would we just kind of pick up where we left off, and... Honestly, dude, I don't know. If I hiked, if I had only done, you know, a couple hundred miles or even 500 miles, I don't know. I probably would have gone over and, and, and started over again. But, dude, over half the trail, I don't know. That, you, you must have been determined because that's fucking crazy. I just felt like I had to show, like, prove to my, not to anybody else, but, like, prove to myself, like, it wasn't a failure. Like, 2016 was just, like, a journey and, like, I can through hike the trail. Yeah, that's that's just fucking crazy. Like, I think um, I think you were destined to make it that second time around. Honestly, just purely based on the fact that you wanted to go back and rehike all that stuff. I mean, clearly the motivation was there. For anybody who's thinking about through hiking in the future, like that's the kind of fucking attitude you got to have about it. If you if you're set on making it the whole way, I mean, you got to be that determined. You got to be willing to put yourself through thirteen hundred miles of fucking pain and bad weather and all that shit you know a second time just because you want it that much so hell yeah man i i really uh i really respect that yeah well appreciate it dude yeah i mean it's just like all about like in the end like i'm going to literally crawl there if somebody cuts off my legs i have to get to katahdin or i have to get to springer hell yeah so i kind of want to transition into some food talk because fucking yeah. everyone loves to talk about food, right? That's all you think about when you're hiking. <laughs> um, you, if I recall correctly, when we spoke on Friday, you said that you hiked most of the trail without a stove. Whole trail without the stove, man. I'm a little bit, of, I'm a gross boy. Yeah, that is gross. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. Um, you probably haven't heard it yet. The episode just came out uh, last night, actually. But in my last episode with uh, Mikey Brinkus, episode number four, he talked a lot about his decision to send his uh, his uh, stove home in Hot Springs, North Carolina, which is only about less than 300 miles into the trail if you're going northbound. And he talked a lot about how it actually kind of came back to bite him. And he ended up actually, for those of you who haven't heard the episode, which you should go listen to it, by the way, um, he, he said that he thinks that's the reason why he ended up actually not being able to finish his through hike a mere 150 miles from the end because he was oh, just... Damn. He wasn't eating enough. He didn't have the energy. He was having some uh, problems with his stomach because of it. So, I mean, that's what he told me anyways. So I kind of want to yeah. ask you like to, I don't, I don't know, because clearly people can do the no stove thing clearly because you just fucking said you did it. <laughs> yeah. So I want you to kind of like shed some light on the way you did it and, you know, how it worked for you, like what you ate and just like, you know, talk about how it actually worked. Unlike 
uh, Mikey's experience. Yeah, for sure. So, like, I definitely didn't do it the right way. Like, what you should do is, like, first off, I was Talenti gang all the way. Like, so, like, Talenti is, like, that fancy sorbet you get in the grocery store, and they've got, like, nice small little containers and that you can close back up, and that seemed to be, like, the popular, like, stoveless uh, container. Um, so what you do is just, like, you take that container, you grab some – typically you're not going to want to use, like, noodles or anything because those are going to take longer to, like, rehydrate. But, like, I did, like, nor pasta sides, um, or, I mean, rice sides, uh, instant mashed potatoes, like, couscous, stuff like – or some people would – I know, like, my buddy, Four Mile, like, he – his stepmom – made a bunch of dank meals that she had um, used a dehydrator to dehydrate and he did he cold soaked it as well and so like at your last water source you'll just put that food in with some water and then like close it up and then by the time you get to your spot for dinner like it should be rehydrated and you eat a nice meal I was a bit like I don't even say I was lazy dude I'm just like I'm just fucking gross man I literally (laughs) just like threw in the rice side put in some peanut butter in there threw that water in there a little bit of tuna and i just like ate my food crunchy and just i don't know <laughs> God, <laughs> just gross <laughs> uh it sounds gross now especially just because i'm back in the real world but i just was like real lazy and like it just tasted so good out there that's yeah i couldn't do it personally <laughs> but i i mean it's it's fairly common on the trail nowadays, I would say. I mean, definitely not the majority of people. I'd say most people yeah. have a stove, but it's not, like, so uncommon that you see somebody do it and you're like, holy shit, I've never fucking seen that before. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, like, I just liked it because the simplicity. Like, I just like to hike all day, and, like, the last thing I wanted to do was take out a stove and, like, have to deal with that or, like, in town, like, worry about fuel or, like, even breakfast. Like, I just put breakfast essentials and I threw a, a few uh, instant coffees and drank it cold like I didn't really need a warm breakfast but like maybe if I was going north and like had to deal with the winter or like now if I was still on the trail going south yeah. like I know a bunch of people are like maybe I'd want like a hot meal but I didn't really need any of that like on this hike yeah for sure um what were I don't think I asked you uh while we've been recording anyways what were your start date start date and end date what was your start date and end date yeah so i started june 16th actually literally the same day that i started in 2016 (laughs) um and then i ended uh october 15th so a little less than a month ago yeah shit you're fresh off i mean i guess i'm kind of fresh off too but i'm about yeah 14 days less fresh off than (laughs) than you are that's crazy man so how many days was that again? 120... 122 days. 122 days. So that's pretty fast, I would say. Um, talk to me about that a little bit. Like, did you train before? Like, how did you, like, just fucking find the grit to just fucking grind like that? Like, that's that's a fast through hike, man. Yeah, like, I don't, like, I just, like, don't want to come off, like, braggy or anything like there's definitely people who are like killing it like more than me like doing the 100 days and stuff and like I just kind of like to like push myself and like I just I started out doing 20s even just through the 100 mile though the 100 mile to be fair is like kind of have to probably yeah yeah, it's like the easiest part of Maine to um it's like flat (laughs) ish but then I was like worried for a second, I was like, oh, man, like, no one's going the same pace as me. Like, I better slow down. And so I did slow down for a bit until I hit the whites. And then I was like, oh, dude, I want to just keep going. 
And so I was able to find somebody in Massachusetts, actually Four Mile, shout out to Four Mile real quick. Uh, we started the same day and we met up at Upper Goose Pond and finished the trail. And it just kind of was like, it's just a nice feeling to like get done with the day and just be like exhausted. And then the next day, like feel all right and then just be exhausted. I don't know. I just like that for me, just gave me a little bit of a high, but I also felt like it was a fine line where I was able to take like some zero days and like take some Nero days and still have fun. But at the same time, like be consistently like pushing myself and trying to do those big mile days. And so I don't know, it's not for everybody. Um, but I just kind of, I enjoyed doing big mile days. Hell yeah. So like I said, I did it faster than normal as well. Not quite as fast as you obviously, but I know that there was definitely a lot of times, especially in the middle in the beginning part of the trail where I just felt like I was like on a death march sometimes. I don't know. I was just I was really pushing myself, and I think my reasons were a little bit different. I'm not sure if I would have, maybe maybe I would have done it the same pace if I didn't have a time crunch, obviously trying to get mm-hmm. to Katahdin before it gets too cold to summit, but um, I don't know, like, did you, did you have, like, a reason that you wanted to finish faster? Like, was there something you wanted to be back for, or a deadline, or anything like that? Or did you just, like you said, you just wanted to fucking push yourself and grind? No, I like literally I just like at first I was like, dude, maybe I'll go for a hundred days coming out of the trail and like, but I didn't want to tell anybody that. Cause I remember in 2016, like I, uh, told people the date I wanted to hit Harper's Ferry. Um, and a bunch of people were like, dude, you can't do that. Like, that's going to be, that's you're averaging over 20 miles a day with no zero days at that point. I was like, oh, I just like think it'd be cool to hit. I think it was like my birthday. I wanted to hit it on. And they're like, well, yeah, it's just going to be kind of hard. And so I just got pissed and I did it and actually hit it like a day before my birthday. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. So I was pretty pumped. Fuck them. <laughs> pretty pumped on that. But uh, I don't know. Like, I just like didn't want to tell anybody what day I wanted to finish and like was kind of like I didn't want to do a bit quicker. And then I heard some Nobo in like Vermont say like 124 days was like the day Earl Schaefer finished his first through hike. And it was like the 100th anniversary of him uh, through hiking the trail or maybe his life. Oh, 60th anniversary of him through hiking, gotcha. 100th, his 100th year of living if he was still alive. And so, like, they were trying to finish 124 days. And so, at Vermont on, I was like, well, 124 days sounds like pretty cool thing. So, I think I'm going to go for that. And then ended up finishing two days before that. Nice. What was, um like, what did, did you have, like, a strategy going into it? Because I know I, I only ask because my kind of strategy, I guess you could call it, was to just push myself as much as I could on like the full hiking days. And then rather than taking a lot of zeros, I would just kind of do a Nero. So only hike, you know, half the day, you know, take the rest of the day off, rest up as much as I could. And then, you know, push on for another couple full days. Or were you, you know, just grinding hard for like a number of days. And then would you take like a full day off or, you know, what, like, did you have like a strategy when it came to that? I mean, just kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't even know if I had like a full on strategy. I knew I like at first I wasn't I wasn't concerned with it at all. So I just like would do some big days and then I'd meet some people and I'd take a few zeros um, or a zero. I never took too many zeros in a row. But uh, then like towards like I don't even know like after the whites I was like kind of thinking like I wanted to just start doing big. So I tried to like only take Nero days. But of course like at some point I'm gonna need right. to take a zero. You take so at like some point, yeah. yeah. So I took it. I can't remember my zero days, but I remember just like, I knew like the days I'm going to take a zero. So I was like, well, 
I'm going to take a zero close to this day. So these days I'm going to do some big mile days um, just to like make up for that. Or, and I knew I'd like have a day to rest. And then like during the day, like, I don't know, I didn't even start early either. Like some people were like, I'm doing 10 miles by 11. And I did that for a little bit, but like, I just didn't mind night hiking. I said, well, I'm just going to go to this shelter, go to this camp spot. So I'll get there one way or another. Like if I have to night hike, like almost the whole night, I'll do that. I'm just going to get there and like take my time. So I don't even know if I even had like, I didn't even, I just didn't plan it out. I just said, I'm going here and like, whatever happens, happens. Like if I get there before dark, I get there before dark. If I have to hike in the night, I'll get there at night. How often did you find yourself night hiking? I know that I, I actually, I, I've night hiked before on different uh, hikes than the Appalachian Trail, mm-hmm. but on my through hike, I didn't night hike at all, except for like half a mile one time, which was not by choice, which is a whole other fucking story I'm not going to get into. <laughs> but um, yeah, like how often were you doing that? And uh, I got to ask, I fucking hate snakes. I'm from Vermont. Oh, damn. There's no poisonous snakes here. Or yeah. venom, whatever, fucking poisonous snakes. I'm just going to say that. And um, I know I would have been sketched out about fucking stepping on one of those things at night. Like, did you ever, like... This sounds, I feel like kind of a dumbass asking this question, like fucking pussy, but I don't know. <laughs> did you ever fucking No, see dude, I snakes? actually did. Like, dude, like in the Shenandoahs, like I was at like one overlook. It was like nighttime, obviously, but we were like looking at the stars and like the city in the distance. And like, we were walking back from the overlook and I almost stepped down and like four mile looked back at me and like my foot was about to step on a copperhead. I was like, oh shit, dude. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. So I like I just became cautious like after that like cautious about like rock faces and stuff like just being like really anal about like where I was stepping and like looking all over the place. That next where it was like bears like every single set of eyes I'd be just fucking yelling and it'd just be like deer just laying there like dude what the fuck man like we're trying to sleep just like chill out <laughs> and we're just like making up huge amount of noise. But I did see some bears too like night hiking. I don't know I did a significant amount of night hiking like. We just kept getting into camp at like eight or nine, and we like made a joke like it didn't matter like when we left, we were just gonna get there at eight or nine. So I like, do let's just fucking chill out all day and like leave at eight and get there at nine, because it doesn't matter like we're gonna get there at nine anyways. Now, did you ever kind of like purposely set yourself up for some night hiking to avoid some of the hot days? Because I I know that was something I definitely considered when I was going through pretty much the whole trail up until Massachusetts is when it started to cool down for me. Um, I, I guess that's definitely a, a benefit of hiking at night as well. Yeah, no, uh, I did that in 2016. I remember, did you meet Grandpa at all? Grandpa? No, I don't think so. I don't recall that name. Okay, he's like some guy that like uh, literally hikes the trail every year. Um, but I remember running him in 2016 and like he only hiked like in New York like during the night. Uh, he was going southbound that year too. Um, so like I remember in 2016, like we definitely like tried especially because that was that year was had a bad drought and it was like hotter than usual so we definitely tried to hike early morning or night but this time around like again i didn't plan anything i just i was an idiot i literally hiked during like the hottest part of the day and just kept trucking as much as i could and i probably had like heat exhaustion half the time and didn't really realize it like i don't even know i think you would have realized it i've i've come pretty close before and really yeah you you'd probably realize it but <laughs> Okay, so I just sound like an idiot right there, but... <laughs> no, it's all good, dude. It's all good. Yeah, fucking... The heat sucks, man. I could I could yeah. probably talk, like, for an entire episode about that, because that was, that was huge for me. I mean, you're from the North, too, so you can probably relate about 
how much the heat fucking sucks. Like, I've literally oh, lived yeah. in Vermont my entire life. Like, it does not get up to 90 plus degrees very often here during the summer. So, hiking through that shit in, like, the south and even the, the mid-Atlantic part of the trail was, it was tough for me. Oh, I'm sure, dude. I mean, like, Northbounders, like, especially, like, Sobos, we got fucked with weather, too, but I feel like you guys got fucked even worse. Like, it was, like, raining every day, and then when it wasn't raining, it was, like, a heat advisory. Like, it was so fucked, man. Yeah. N- fucking, oh, God. I've t- uh, I can't even I can't even talk about it, dude. I fucking hate the heat. <laughs> yeah. And then by the end yeah. by the end of the trail, when I was like going through New Hampshire and Maine, I was already complaining about the cold. So I think I just oh, like yeah. to complain. I feel like every through hiker likes to complain. That's just how it is. <laughs> yep, just have to complain. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So I gotta ask you, um, for those of you listening, I didn't know Scott's trail name until right before we started recording here, and I was delighted to find out that it's actually <laughs> hell yeah jesus and i'm delighted because that's a fucking sick trail name so i hate asking people this question to be honest because i always hated it when people ask me this question mostly just because my trail name's fucking lame but like how did you get hell yeah jesus as a fucking trail name that's crazy well first i'm glad you like it because there are a lot of people that don't like it oh yeah <laughs> i guess i guess it. some people could <laughs> maybe in the south could be a little offended by that but nah <laughs> yeah um but like i don't know like, so I have long hair, in case you didn't know, long hair and a beard, and, like, uh, I was in, it was in 2016, like, I just say hell yeah and dude a lot and talk like your typical, like, bro, <laughs> and uh, so I, like, get into Rangeley, Maine, and, like, this guy, I'm just walking down the street with my hair down, he's like, dude, you look just like Jesus, man, <laughs> I was like, oh, hell yeah, man, yeah, dude, and uh, then, like, I sit down to eat, and, like, we had joked about it before too like i think like a few a few days prior in like stratton maine like somebody had joked that oh dude you look just like jesus or like i took a instagram photo too and like it was just kind of like synchronicity that happened in rangeley the next town and then like my waitress was like you know what like me and the girls are talking like you look just like jesus that should be your trail name and like i didn't want to just be jesus so i was like hell yeah jesus just to like so i wasn't proclaiming to be jesus um but yeah <laughs> nothing super crazy I think that's smart too because I definitely met like at least one. I'm thinking more than one G- oh, Jesus. Yeah, there's so, so many. Yeah, you gotta distinguish exactly. yourself a little bit. Yeah, I didn't even know if it would stick, but yeah, it did. But yeah, exactly. It's so what many. What do you Jesus mean you didn't there. know it would stick, dude? That's like that's fucking. <laughs> that's an awesome trail name. That shit's gonna stick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. So well, thanks, man. Let's kind of. What was your trail name? Sorry, dude. Oh no, you're good. Uh, my trail name is Narnar. Oh fuck, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I got it. See, I think the reason why I don't like to tell people, or not, not that I don't like to tell people what my name is, but I, the reason I don't like to explain it is just because I got it when I was like 16. I tried to through hike the long trails, like my first backpacking trip ever, and I didn't make it very far. I only made it about 30 miles in, but I did pick up a trail name, and then I just kind of stuck with it. So I don't know. I, I, w- I was really weird about that. My friends used to be like, dude, like it's just a fucking trail name. Like Explain it. Like It's fine, but... That was, I don't know, that was, like, my one little pet peeve, like, just every day, like, oh, what's your trail name? Because I was, I was catching and passing people, like, almost every day after, like, my yeah. first month, so, like, it was just, like, a, it was just, I mean, of course, you're going to get asked your trail name all the time when you're hiking, but I don't know, I'm just, I'm just an asshole about it. <laughs> no, I, I get it, I get it, but I like your trail name, too. <laughs> hell yeah, nar nar and hell yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Those are fucking out there, for sure. So, I ask pretty much all my guests, all 
five of my guests at this point, <laughs> um, what some of their craziest stories are. Because, I mean, when you're fucking living in the backcountry for four or five months, like, you're going to have some crazy stories. I know that when we spoke on the phone on Friday, you had mentioned a couple things, and we didn't get into the stories because I wanted to save it for now, obviously. But, you know, I, I kind of want to hear what are some of the craziest things that happened to you out yeah. there some of the craziest experience or craziest situations you found yourself in yeah for sure uh i guess like the weirdest like just stuff that i would like something like i would never do in like the real world like was in 2016 we were in warren new hampshire like it was the town like right before Musalak or like right after uh for me I don't know if you went into that town. It's like there's nothing going on. I, I didn't go into Warren, no, but um, I think I recall like seeing it on the map and stuff. I don't know. I've, I've I'm like I've driven through the whites a lot because I mean I'm I'm pretty close by, but I don't think I've ever stopped in Warren. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah, so I just like we weren't even planning on going to that town. Like I just messed up on my resupply and like didn't have enough food. So I was like, I was hiking with uh two guys and like I was like, dude, like you guys care if we just like go into town real quick? Be like quick in and out. Um, and they're like, yeah, cool. So we hitchhiked into that Warren and we, of course, like I resupplied, but like when you resupply, you got to get food to go to. So we are like outside on the picnic table, like drinking some sodas and eating, chowing down on some food. And like this hippie guy comes out of the car, like pretty sure he was like shirtless with like dreads. And he was like, yo, you guys hiking the trail? We're like, yeah, man. He's like, well, my name's Skeeter. You guys want to come cliff jumping with me? And we're like, uh, yeah, dude, sure, man. And so we grab some beers and we just like go cliff jumping with him, which is like just weird place. And then he just like, yeah, well, hey, like after we're done cliff jumping, like my buddy's renovating a schoolhouse. Like you guys want to go out back there and like have a fun time? And we're like, uh, sure, man. Like so stupid because like he was drinking too with us at like uh, cliff jumping. So we just like get in this man's sketchy man's car again and go to the schoolhouse like. I was expecting his buddy had known him for like years and years, like they grew up together. But this guy literally had met him like a few days prior. It's just like so awkward. And like we get there and then like a random bonfire starts happening and like all the locals come and it's just like just so weird. And like we get, they had made like daffodil wine or something too, something I had never had. And just like we had a fun daffodil time. Daffodil wine? Yeah, what dude, is I don't that? Even know. I've never heard of that. I before. have no idea. Like, I'm literally just like <laughs> drinking the stuff that this man hands me. Just this sketchy <laughs> man with no sh- no teeth. He <laughs> like no teeth either. <laughs> oh, dude, it was weird. And then we just like start hiking the next day. So just like it felt like a dream. Just some weird. I don't know. It's like weird stuff like that in the trail. Like people pick you up to like do cool stuff sometimes. Yeah, that shit happens. Like, it's it's crazy. I feel like I mean, you definitely meet some weird like characters on the trail for sure but i feel like a lot of people's experiences they like the weirdest people they meet are like actually off the trail like when they're in town yeah. or hitchhiking <laughs> or something like that yeah exactly so many like drunk people will pick you up hitchhiking too like i'm always surprised and like you don't even realize it half the time until they're already driving you and you're like uh shoot man yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask you about that actually because in episode one with indy he talked oh, yeah. a little bit about how he had a couple drunk drivers and I like, I didn't have any the whole time. Thankfully I, I have had one on a different hike I was doing a couple years ago, but okay. on the AT, I didn't have any, um, I, how I don't like to talk about this honestly, because yeah. I feel like it kind of like turns people off from hiking the trail and like, you shouldn't let that deter you at the end of the day, you know, you're in control of the cars that you get into. You just got to be aware oh, of the yeah. situation, but, um, like how, like did, 
sounds like you did have some drunk drivers. Like what? Like what happened there? Like how many did you have? Like I don't even know. Uh yeah, I don't have like too many. Like not like probably I hitchhiked a fair amount, and like I would say like maybe ten percent. I don't know where we're drunk or that's pretty high though like shit (laughs) yeah i felt like yeah i don't know man (laughs) they were they were fine like i don't think they were like belligerent still not safe but like mostly i feel like most of my hitches ended up being like just like moms and vans like wanting to like yeah help me out but yeah there was definitely some good old boys especially like up north i feel like or maybe f- way further down south. That yeah. just like that's just kind of how it it rolls in those small towns, I guess. Um, no one like kind of people just turn the, the other cheek to that kind of stuff. Yeah, especially in like some of the, just like the small like mountain towns, like you just yeah. said. I guess the mid Atlantic part of the trail is just like it's not. It, it's more urban, basically. There's just mm-hmm. more civilization so you, you're not quite as isolated so i, I don't want to say that people that live in rural areas are a bunch of fucking drunk drivers because that's no, not yeah, true yeah. obviously but <laughs> i don't know i i think that's definitely a trend um and like if you're worried about it too like you can always get a shuttle like there's always like a hostel or some trail angel or somebody who's like willing to pick you up and it's not always free that's a nice thing about hitchhiking but you can always like find a ride from somebody that that's a really good point that's i probably should have mentioned that in the first episode when we were talking about it uh th- th- like yeah definitely i don't think there was ever a time where i needed to get into a town and there was like no shuttle service available i mean if you have the awol guide or the through hikers companion or even gut hook i'm pretty sure yeah. has most of that shit i didn't use gut hook but i know there was always you know phone numbers and comments about people that would would bring people into town so you know if you're really that sketched out about hitchhiking you're still going to be good like you can still hike the trail obviously that being said this is going to sound really stupid saying this after talking about these drunk drivers but (laughs) i fucking love hitchhiking it's honestly one of my favorite parts about long distance backpacking like it was one of them like the things i was the most stoked for before i set out for my through hike so do you have any other like good hitchhiking stories off the top of your head oh yeah, I don't know, man. Like hitchhiking is always a fun time. Like you're just kind of meeting somebody, and you don't know how it's gonna go. Like how they're gonna act. Like are they gonna be afraid of me, or like am I gonna <laughs> be afraid of them? Like and like I never know what to do. Like when a pickup truck pulls up, like sometimes like yeah, I'm just assuming I jump in the back. They're like no, no, not in the back. Like or like one time I was like in a pickup truck and I was in the back. Um, and it just started downpouring on me. <laughs> and like literally before that too, like. I had my hat on and my hat blew off. And like, luckily the guy saw and like drove back and let me oh, grab my hat. Oh, what a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he was great. But then like five minutes later, it starts downpouring on me in the back of the pickup. But they were nice enough to like, at that point, pull over and like, let me uh, come into the back and nice. hang out. Yeah. I love the pickup truck hitches, dude. Like that's, yeah. I always felt like such hiker <laughs> trash. Like just, oh yeah. Just such a great, I mean, maybe not when it's raining, but most of the time it's like such a great feeling. You're just fucking in the back of this truck. You're like, yeah, I'm just a piece of shit. Like I don't even give a fuck. Like this is great. <laughs> oh yeah. Or you feel a bit badass and they're like, okay, we don't know if the cops are going to say anything. So can you just hide? And I'm literally <laughs> just like hiding in the fucking back, like hoping nobody sees me. Just <laughs> so don't know good. where they're taking me. <laughs> so good. I love it. Fucking. Especially when you're in like a group of people. I know I only hitchhiked by myself probably a handful of times. Most of the time I was hitching with other people. And when you're hitching in a group of, you know, three, four people, I mean, most people just don't have enough room in their car. Yeah. So 
more often than not, you end up in the back of a pickup truck or a couple times I ended up in the back of a truck with like a cab over it too. So it's like, yeah, I'm kind of inside. Like at least if yeah, it rains, yeah. I'll be good. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. So good. Love hitchhiking. Um, do you, do you have like any other stories not related to hitchhiking um, that you want to get into here? Yeah, man. That's just tough. There's like so many like crazy stories. Oh, I know, but... dude. You can take a second to think about it. Yeah. I mean like the last episode now you had talked about someone getting a bear charge so i had like i had a bear bad bear encounter too oh yeah okay that's what you were talking about with me when we were on the phone you said something about like a some guy uh, i'll uh, fucking i'll let you tell the story <laughs> yeah i mean i don't want to like overdo the bear like this is like a rare thing but like yeah i just had like a bear bad bear encounter in the shenandoahs that was kind of sketchy um and like it's been like i've done a lot of backpacking before like i lived in alaska and colorado and stuff and like this is like the only time that like i had a sketchy one but like shenandoah is just like cram packed with like tourists and then that means like there's like bad habits with like people leaving trash out and there's like tons of bears so oh yeah i would say i well i i definitely saw the most bears in fact i didn't see a single bear the rest of the trail after i went through shenandoah like i saw i saw one bear before shenandoah i saw like seven or eight bears in shenandoah and then i didn't see any other bears after that so yeah there's a lot of bears in shenandoah for sure oh yeah yeah, so I guess I'll tell the story of not overdoing it, the bear thing. But, no, no, uh, go for it, dude, go for it. Yeah, so I just was like um, hiking and I was changing my podcast. So I was like on my phone, like not really like looking up at all, uh, still hiking forward. And then I just like look up briefly and literally right in front of me, like probably 10 feet away, is just like big black mass. And I'm like, fuck, that's a big dog. And then like, shit, that's a fucking bear, man. And so I just like, I just start backing up and yelling at this guy and like i actually f- like filmed it too it's probably a fucking idiot but uh at first he just started he just like walks away from me and i'm like okay that's that's good he's like walking the other direction but like the problem is like he's not veering off the trail and like it was so heavily forested in that one part like he couldn't veer off to the sides and it's like shit like what am i gonna do like i have to go the same direction he's literally walking right now and then out of nowhere, he just turns around and starts walking at me. I'm like, fuck, dude. And so I just start yelling and like pounding my trekking poles together. Right. And he's just not stopping. And I'm like, I have no idea what to do. So I just keep backing up and he keeps following me. And I just, I'm like, I'm going to have to start throwing some shit at this guy. So I, I don't want to like piss him off and like have him run at me. So I'm trying not to like hit him. But I'm chucking some fucking big ass rocks. Like these are huge rocks. And he's not afraid at all. Like he just starts smelling this stuff. Like it's. Like, it's food, and I'm like, fuck, like, I actually might have to, like, fight this guy off. Like, he's getting closer and closer, and, like, I just don't know how far I'm at the back up. And so I'm just, like, keep backing up, keep backing up, and, like, this other, uh, a lasher that I knew behind me came up behind me, and I was like, dude, like, we gotta be careful. Like, there's this bear that keeps coming, and sure enough, the bear just comes right around the corner at us, and he's like, oh, fuck, dude. And so we're, like, both packing up. And it will not – I'm like, cannot kidding you. Like, I'm filming this for, like, over 30 minutes on my phone. And, like, the guy got sketched out. Like, he was um, – I think he was a former Marine. And he so he just, like, used to hiking with a gun. And he got so sketched out. Like, he literally took his gun from his backpack, like, prepared to shoot this bear. And like, I remember, like, we had to, like, take turns, like – he would watch my back and I would sprint back and then I'd watch his back and he'd like sprint back. And like, Holy we had to shit. have walked at least like a mile back. Like it was going on for quite some time. And, and then, he was like following you, like coming towards you that whole time. Yeah, dude. Like the guy literally took out his gun. Like, and he was a pretty big guy and like seeing like he like 
I don't know, was had been in the military. Like he didn't seem like he's scared easily. And this guy like, is like ready to shoot this bear if he attacks Damn. us. Um, but like luckily the bear just, I guess, got tired and just well, walked away. I don't, I don't know. We didn't see him again. But yeah, it, was, it turned out to be fine. And then my adrenaline was pumped. And so I had a great day the rest of the day. Just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did an extra mile to, or two miles, oh, yeah. I guess, at that point. Dude, I was fucking booking it, man. Yeah, this last day in the Shenandoah is going to Waynesboro, I think. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. I'm like, I'm pretty sure bears are just like afraid of me. Because like, I've, I've probably done close to 1,500 miles roughly in my life before I set mm-hmm. out on the AT. And... Granted, a lot of it was in Vermont and around the Whites where there's not as many bears, but I've also done a decent amount in the Adirondacks where, especially in the High Peaks region of the Adirondacks, there's there's a lot of bears. You're actually required to use a bear canister in certain parts oh, of it. Oh, damn. And I'd still, I should, you know, I'd never, I'd never seen a bear hiking. Like, I, I've seen them driving, like, to and yeah. from trailheads before, but I'd never seen them hiking before. So like, and, and on the AT, like I said, the only place I saw him really was in Shenandoah, nothing besides that. So, um, part of me was kind of like, it sounds kind of stupid now, but for the Southern part of the trail, when everybody was seeing bears, like fucking like every day, I just like, wasn't seeing any. And I was like, shit, like I want to see a fucking bear. But, oh, yeah, yeah. but then when I hear stories like this and, uh, the story that my friend Flossie told me in episode three about a bear bluff charging him. I'm like, okay, maybe I should like not complain about not fucking seeing these bears because fuck that shit. I'm not trying to like have a gun at the ready to <laughs> defend myself from these fucking things. Like that's just insane. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like those are definitely like in the minority, hundred percent in the minority. Yeah, like, the for bears sure. don't do that, but yeah, it is scary when they do like the bluff charging fuck i don't even know what i'd do that'd be real scary just like you have to hold your ground there now when you went through the grayson highlands i know that when i went through there which was in probably like mid-june something like that early june maybe um there was like a big bear problem there and i recall as i got further north i was hearing that the problem was like just getting worse and worse there um oh, like yeah. what was going on through there Dude, yeah, so there's no camping at all in the Grayson Highlands. And so they had, like, totally shut down the camping at that point. Yeah, so you had to, like, hike all the way through it. And, like, I didn't see a bear through it, but I did have, like, that was actually one of my, probably my worst day on trail, like, through the Grayson Highlands. It was a dope day, like, seeing the ponies and stuff, but, like, we had to sleep in that, so, like, right at the highway, like, right before the Grayson Highlands, there is a pull-off, like, pit toilet bathroom and like i spent the night sleeping in that bathroom with my buddy <laughs> i feel like that's a through hiker rite of passage sleeping in a bathroom at oh some yeah point. <laughs> well, i mean that was the only way like i was the word like we got absolutely destroyed by rain like just pouring 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 and like you're so high up like the elevation was just gets getting cold and like it was pitch black and like could only see like five feet in front of me because of the fog and like i was honestly worried about like hypothermia and like that bathroom was a godsend. Like I've never been so excited to see a bathroom in my life. And we had just, we both slept in that bathroom, just like getting high off of the bathroom chemicals all night. Just so nasty. <laughs> so good. I yeah. think I, I think I might remember that bathroom. Is that, so you said it was just after the Grayson Highlands? Yeah. So like, right at, there was like a highway you crossed. And then there was like kind of like a field there too. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called or what the road was, but I, I remember that spot. I stopped there for like a break or whatever. So nice Damn, bathroom. 
Definitely fucking recommend it. Sleeping in bathrooms, yeah. If you do a through hike <laughs> in the future, there's a good chance you're gonna have to sleep in a bathroom. I came very close one time. Um, I didn't actually end up staying in the bathroom. I was in uh, Kent, Connecticut, which is a okay. pretty, yeah, yeah. it's a pretty shitty trail town. Honestly, there's not really very many accommodations for hikers, but it's so close to the trail that pretty much everybody stops there. I would say, and. We had just gotten to the road at the end of like a full day. It was one of those really hot, humid days. And we didn't have a place to stay in town, but we really wanted to just like go and like have a fucking beer, eat a pizza or whatever, you know. And so we were like, fuck it. We'll just go into town and we'll find a place to camp. Like, it'll be fine. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And we went in, we went to the bar, went to this pizza place. We're there for like two or three hours at least. You know, not drunk at this point, but definitely had a couple drinks and it's already dark at this point. You know, we stumble out and we're like, okay, we got to figure out where the fuck we're going to stay tonight. So we kind of, we were like looking on Google maps and shit, like trying to find like some like trees somewhere, which is a stupid idea because all the trees, all the wooded areas that we saw on the map, we like went over to. And of course they were all just like grown in. Like I was, I wasn't trying to get a fucking tick. So wasn't trying to deal with that. And so eventually we're like, it's, it's, it's probably 11 o'clock at night at this point. Oh, damn. And we're like, okay, our options are either walk the mile back to the trail. It's like 0.8 from the town back to where the trail crosses the road. And then like 0.3 or something like that up pretty steep to a shelter. So we're like, okay, we could either do that or we could sleep in this bathroom because Kent, Connecticut actually has a public like little restroom there. I don't know if you went into Kent, but there's like a little water fountain for hikers and good choice by the way. But anyways, there's like this little public bathroom. It's like the one accommodation for hikers they have. They're like, all right, these people could at least use a fucking bathroom. Right. And we're like, okay, like, I guess we're sleeping in the bathroom tonight. Like that's the only option. Like there's no way to set our shit up. If I had a tent, I could have probably made it work, but me and Indy both had hammocks, so oh damn, yeah, it wasn't gonna happen. So we're like, all right, fucking sleeping in the bathroom, let's go. So we walk back over there. It's probably like eleven thirty at this point. I don't even know. And there's like some like sketchy looking dude like across the street, just like hanging out, smoking cigarettes. He like finishes his cigarette. We're like waiting for him to leave before we like duck into the bathroom, right? Because we don't want him to think. I don't even know. And he like lights up another cigarette. We're like, dude, fuck off. Like just go. Like we want to go to sleep. Like we're tired as shit. And he finally leaves, so we, like, scurry into the bathroom, like, lock the door and shit. There's, like, three of us in this fucking bathroom. Oh, jeez, dude. And, like, Indy, like, lays his shit down. He gets a sleeping pad out and everything. He, like, lays down, and then uh, Flossie, the other guy I was with, he's like, dude, these lights are definitely, like, motion sensitive. So we're like, fuck. Like, the light's lights not going to turn off at all. Like, we're not going to get any sleep. So we, like, tried to hoist flossy up so he could like cover it with like fucking tape or some shit like hoping that would like not trigger the uh the sensor so the lights would turn off and of course that didn't fucking work it's like midnight at this point we're still like kind of drunk so we're like fuck it guess we're walking back to the trail so we had to walk the mile back the fucking 0.3 uphill like southbound mind you just to add insult to injury because we're northbounders we don't want to have to go south right (laughs) yeah that was that was pretty fucking shitty bathrooms Dude, when you were at Kent, did you uh, see a man with a big white, like, wolf-looking dog? No, I don't think so. I don't think oh, so. No, like I said, I got there, it was, like, after midnight by the time I set my shit up. Everyone was asleep, so. Because, like, I remember sleeping at that same shelter and, like, hearing people rolling in, like, around midnight and stuff and trying to figure out who 
who that was. Did you guys have music on? No, no. Oh, damn. Okay. That would have been crazy if like we had been <laughs> at the same show through that, <laughs> that night. That would be so good. <laughs> I still like, kind of want to figure out when we passed each other because like, yeah. I was like trying to think about it a little bit, but I mean, honestly, like I, I can like hardly even remember like when I, I, I know like I told you on the phone, I was in Hanover, New Hampshire on August 31st. And I'm pretty sure that I was in still in Pennsylvania at the turn of uh, July into August. I think that okay. sounds that's doable, right? Pennsylvania to New Hampshire. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd probably pass each other in Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, somewhere in there, maybe in like New York. I don't even know. Who knows, man? Who yeah. knows? Anyways, dude, we're at about we're over an hour at this point. That's that's crazy. That went by pretty fast. Damn yeah. Man. So I think we're gonna try to wrap it up. For um, sure. I, I really appreciate you wanting to come on. So for everybody listening, Scott actually reached out to me on Instagram before I'd even launched any episodes and uh, told me he was interested in being on the show. And I was like, fuck yeah. So if anybody listening to this has done a through hike of the AT or any trail, it doesn't have to be as long as the AT, any sort of through hike or crazy hike or whatever, and you want to come on the show let me know. I say my contact information at the beginning of every episode, so I'm not going to say that again. But anyways, Scott, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Dude, thank you, man. I, I love being part of the trail community. It's great hearing these like podcasts with some guys from the trail and just like feel like you're still a part of things. Hell yeah, man. Um, before we sign off here, do you want to plug any social media links so people can follow you on any of your uh, future adventures and you said you're going for the triple crown so I'm sure you'll get yeah man sure I'm, a, I'm not that cool but you can follow me on instagram at a scooter hewley so that's <laughs> s-c-o-o-t-e-r and then hewley is h-u-g-h-l-e-y uh, i've got about 750 fans on there so you know killing it <laughs> more than i have so respect <laughs> oh thanks man hell yeah all right, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Episode number five of Trail Tales. Slowly learning how to do a podcast here. And uh, yeah, fucking take it easy, everyone. Peace.